check out this week's episode where we unpack the journey of two Ontario paramedics and how they went from building and flipping properties, scaling all the way up to owning a hotel and a couple duplexes and property abroad. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the first responder to Rich's Remo Show, the podcast dedicated to helping first responders earn additional income and create lasting wealth through real estate. Each week, we'll break down complex concepts, debunk myths, and interview a variety of industry leaders to help you thrive beyond your professional calling. And now here's your host, top producing mortgage broker, real estate investor, and fellow first responder, Scott Sarai. Hey, Paul and Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Scott. Well, looking forward to this conversation. I haven't spoken to any paramedics yet, or past paramedics, I should say. Uh, as we talked before we hit record, uh, we're going to kind of unpack your journey of where things started and where they got. Um, so starting with the both of you, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you did in your past lives as first responders? Sure. Yeah. I'm Jake and obviously it's Paula. Uh, we're married. We have four kids. Uh, I was a paramedic in Ontario from 2005 until 2021. And I was also a paramedic. I started in 2007. I left in 2018 and went to ambulance dispatch. Um, and then we had our last baby and I went on maternity leave and I did not go back. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Four kids. That's We're having our first year uh, shortly. And I couldn't imagine life with four. That's crazy. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, we're super excited. So what made the both of you enter uh, the profession of being a paramedic? Uh, honestly, so for me, it's probably a little different for you. Actually, I know Paula's story. See if she's <laughs> honest about it or not. But uh, for me, I wanted to be at the time. Uh, so it would have been two thousand and two ish. I wanted to get into firefighting, and at that time in Ontario, I had a couple of friends that were firefighters, and they were like, "Take the paramedic program instead of the." At that time, you didn't need the college fire uh, program to get a job, so they were take take the paramedic program that looks stronger on your resume. So I did that and I liked it during school and, and during school, we'll say I liked it, uh, <laughs> got a job, I uh, like before I graduated, which was great. Um, and then just like transitioned to that. And then the years just kind of, uh, ticked by and, uh, yeah, like, obviously I like the, all the people that I worked with, there's, you know, it was a, a big, uh, life experience. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like stayed in there. So. Mine is a little different than Jake's. I did not want to be a firefighter. For me, it was, I was looking at programs and I was like, go to university for four years and then not really have like an outcome. Like, what am I going to do for work still? I don't know. Or I could go to take this two-year program, ended up being three because we had to take a pre-health beforehand um, to get into the paramedic program because it was so competitive. But I was like, I could take this two-year program and come out making $80,000 a year. Like, you know, I can like fast track, it'll, it'll be quicker. So I'll, I'll do that. And I, I it was, it seemed like an exciting job. I even had, um, one of my dad's, uh, good friends, like ran an ambulance service in Ontario for ever. And he was like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. <laughs> <clears throat> but I was like, he's just saying that. Cause I'm small. Like I'm only five foot one, you know, and I'm a girl and like, cause he's really trying to push me into nursing. And I was like, he's just saying that. And then, you know, years later I get into the job and I was like, yeah, he may have had a point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, as we said offline, it's a tough job for sure. And uh, to all the paramedics listening, our hot tips to you for doing that job. So you're both paramedics at this point, let's say it's 06, 07, or it'd be 07, 08. 
when did the real estate start for you? When did the investing in real estate happen? So we, I would say, so we, like I was married before Jake and I got together in 2012 and in 2015, we decided to like live together and we built our first house. So we built it from scratch. We um, contracted it ourselves. Like we didn't physically, well, we did yeah. do did some stuff. Yeah. We, we did the flooring painting, and painting. painting and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that was like our first experience. And we were like, this is our forever house, you know, like this is where we're staying. And then after we finished and we were there for about a year, we kind of got the itch to do it again. So basically not on purpose. We kind of just did live in flips for a few years. Our poor kids moved like so many times. Um, like even our daughter, when she was three, she'd lived in three houses. So like we moved a lot. Um, and then in 2019, we decided that, you know what, like we both wanted out of our jobs and we were like, let's turn this into a business. We like flipping houses. So we started a business in 2019 and we started with flipping houses, um, because our thought was to create as much active income as possible, you know, like in all honesty, like two to three good flips a year and we could replace our incomes and, and be out the door. So yeah, so that was that was pretty appealing. Uh, we obviously had at that time interest in real estate uh, and interest in building homes too. But yeah, for me it was um, it just got to that point where it's like I need to do something. I just I needed to get out um, just for like my mental health, and also too I was at the time I would have been uh, twenty twenty one, so two years ago, like thirty nine ish, and I was like I can't do this for twenty five more years. Like this yeah. is crazy. Or even 20, right? So yeah. I, I, we needed to do something. And, and this was something that we were passionate about. And we just kind of decided to take the leap. So yeah, we, like both of us have had PTSD. I was off work for 15 months. Jake wow. was off for a year. Like we got, we, we ended up going back, but like we always knew going back that we were literally one call away from just getting like wiped out again. So yeah. it, it wasn't yeah. the best feeling. And also like for us, like we have WSIB, um, that will like work, what is like workers comp yeah. basically. Yeah. But if you kind of like, if you go down that path, they decide your fate, like they choose a new career for you. And we didn't want, you know, we wanted the control. We wanted to be able to choose what we did. So yeah, this was, the yeah, way. I had the option of, of retraining when I was off too. Um, but I just decided to go back and, and kind of do things on my own and, and take things yeah. into our, our own hands. So, yeah, no, I, I hear that. So uh, you both had returned. What was the defining moment where well, maybe individual questions, Paula and then Jake, that you decided that, okay, like no longer are we going to be paramedics. We're just going to, we're going to pivot and go down the real estate route. So Paula, I know you said it was Matt Lee, but was it at some point you were on Matt Lee? You're like, yeah, I'm just not going to go back. I think I knew before I went off that I wasn't going back. Um, we ended up getting like our first flip as a business. Eight, was it eight days after our son was born? Like our, no, it was the day after. I think it closed the day after our son was born. <laughs> wow. It was like something crazy. We, we just moved into the house that we live in now six days before. And then we closed on the flip the day after he was born. But anyway, um, I forget where I was going with this. Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump in there. So like it was um, it was kind of a process, I think. Like we wanted to, to get the business started and have like a, a runway of, of money to kind of yeah. propel us into the, the next year. So yeah. Paula was Paula stayed off and I decided to stay on until we kind of had that that runway. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a, a building thing. Like we knew that, or at least I knew I wasn't gonna last forever. Um, and then obviously the, you know, I had I had one call I remember doing. It didn't affect me a whole lot, but just the nature of the call is like, 
this 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 is it i'm i'm not yeah. doing this anymore um like i thankfully you know through through the treatment and all that stuff i was like better equipped to handle the actual call and it wasn't so much the call that it was like it was just the nature of the call and i was yeah. like yeah i've dealt with this one i don't want to do this anymore it's going to happen again so it's time to like i just remember that one call and i was like okay uh, it's time to go i didn't go right away but yeah, yeah no we had a couple of like refinances and stuff that we needed to get done. And it was actually, we were, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for this like last refinance. Cause we were using Jake's income, income at the yeah. time like, to get it. And our, our lawyer called us at like 4 PM on like a Friday night. And Jake was supposed to go in for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday <laughs> night. It was like 4 PM on a Friday night. And he was like, the funds are in your account. And Jake literally called in quit. Cause he was, and I was like, I feel like that's a risk. Like you do not know what's going to happen in the next two, two weeks. Like you, something could happen that could essentially yeah. like destroy the rest of your life. There's people lined up waiting for yeah. your job. Yeah. We had a call in. Yeah. We had a, like a great employer. Like they were great for us the, the whole time. Yeah. So you kind of want to leave on bad terms, but like, obviously you formed relationships with people over the 16 years. They kind of knew it was coming. So I don't think there was any hard feelings that I didn't have yeah. any. Uh, no. There's a lot of people waiting for that shifts, those shifts. So in that job too, right? So. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm not here standing on a soapbox telling our listeners, "Hey, quit your roles as first responders." But I always think there's always two sides to the coin, and it's always interesting talking to first responders who saw a different future or a different path, and and they didn't want to go the 30 years or go the like however many years to get the pension, and then you just saw some forethought, exited, and created your own future. Um, so you know, all this real estate investing going on, was this all grassroots learning, like hitting up YouTube and Google, or did you guys take any formal real estate education? We hired a coach pretty much right off the hop because we knew we wanted to fast track. So um, we hired Stefan Arneo. He's like since passed away, but he's got a couple of good books. <laughs> money, yeah, he's got people, lots of books. money people deal, self-made. There's some pretty good books out there, but he was like, kind of like a rock star in like the real estate world when we started um he passed away in 2020 right yeah 2020 yeah. so we only ended up coaching with him we signed up for a year and he had a guarantee like when you signed up to coach with him specifically um that you would do 12 deals in 12 months and he was like i can get you guys out of your jobs in nine months this is what, kind of what he said he was, um, he was a good salesman yeah, yeah. he was a very good salesman, <laughs> but he also was very good at what he did and he pushed us he pushed us to go and like get uncomfortable and and do things that we otherwise probably wouldn't have done for sure um it's just unfortunate he passed away in may of 2020 uh, so i think we had about five months of coaching in with him and then the pandemic hit as well so um it ended up taking us longer to get jake out of his job um but yeah like we we definitely we we hire the pros so we we had yeah. we went with stefan um, and then we have since like, we've always had a coach yeah. to help push us. Whatever so. we're like, we kind of, we maybe talk about it later. We kind of transitioned from flipping into building and development. And at that time we, we hired another coach consultant. Um, so yeah, just, I'm always eager to, to learn, uh, would I have forked over the amount that we forked over for the first coaching program? If probably, I did it again, probably not, but... probably not, but at the time it was the right thing for us. And it kind of, uh, kicked us in the in the pants to get to get going right so if we committed right like yeah. we were spending money jake actually like cashed in our our sps um like we didn't yeah, have yeah. this you know money sitting around so um yeah we it made us go because we're like we're not doing this for nothing you know it lit a fire under us for sure yeah. so 
No, for sure. I, I think I had this conversation on a previous episode that I recorded, but I find with first responders that they're executors, like across all professions, like paramedic, police, fire, military, sheriffs, whatever, all of those people, the personality types is they're executors. And I, myself, when I got licensed as a broker, I knew I'm not the first person to ever be a mortgage broker. So I went and sought that high level coaching out of the gate. And then I did that program. And then there was like a, a I don't know, like a, a higher tier program where you had to be like a top level earner. And I was nowhere near that, but small world enough, the owner of that coaching Academy, he was a past paramedic who had created this massive coaching Academy for mortgage brokers. And I just kind of pulled on that heartstring with them, like first responder to first responder. And I got that high level coaching. It, it cost a lot at the time, but like it completely changed the trajectory for my business and, and got me to the spot I wanted to be much faster. So I don't think coaching is a bad thing. Yeah. You live and learn, you pay, you pay for something that you may not have paid looking backwards, but that's all part of the game. Uh, yeah. So you had the coach, then you switched for coaches. Um, so what was the biggest takeaway from the coaching? Uh, I think for me, uh, kind of going back to what Paul said, it was like, I'm not, I'm not really an extrovert or anything like that. So uh, getting comfortable, I never really got comfortable, but the saying getting comfortable in uncomfortable situations was, and doing the things that you need to do, right. It's not just going to come to you. I think that was a, the biggest, uh, the biggest takeaway for me. And I think like with coaching for me anyway, a lot of it is the, the, the mental stuff. So like you can watch YouTube, you can learn how to burr property. You can learn all these things on YouTube for free, but having that like support and guidance, helping you like kind of push your mind to like, to, to believing that you can do something and then following through and getting through it and doing it. And then you're like, Holy crap, I can do that. And then you just push the boundaries as you go. So like, I, I'm a big, like big proponent in that. Like if you believe in, in something and being able to do it, you know, when you're growing up and your kids, your parents are like, you can do anything you put your mind to it. And you hear that all through your life and you're like, okay, whatever, but you legitimately can, like, there's no, if, if someone else can do it, then we can do it too. Like nothing is, you know, too difficult in this business. It's a matter of like taking action. And I mean, obviously you gotta know the fundamentals and know what you're doing, but um, like taking action is a big part of it and having the confidence to, to do with that. For sure. Yeah. So Jake kind of let the cow out of the bag on this one. Um, so you were doing the fix and flips, the live and flip, where was the transition or what did you end up transitioning into? I think for me, the biggest thing was like, like I love the renovating of houses. I think we did a really good job on things. We weren't your typical, uh, just kind of lipstick um, people. Um, but I just wanted to really, I wanted a, a business and I'm not saying you can't, we have friends that have flipping businesses. I don't, I can't, I'm not saying you can't do a business of flipping, but that for me, that wasn't the the route that I wanted to take. Um, I was really interested in development stuff and ground up construction. Um, and as I mentioned, we, we really wanted to build homes too. So we kind of have that, um, we have that new home construction, like single families um, under umbrella and also the developments. So um, that's kind of what, what I really like. I don't know if I answered the question or not though. Yeah. Like honestly, when we built that first house in 2015, we thought then we were like, let's do this. Like we like this. We really liked it. Like, let's do this for a living. And then we started looking into it. Like have to here we have a licensing program called Tyrion in Ontario. And it it seemed like overwhelming and difficult. And then like, how do you finance these things? And all these little things seemed impossible at the time. And then having gone through flips, raising private money, doing all this stuff, we we learned, you know, how things work and how you can raise your own capital to do basically what you want and what you need to do. So 
once we learned that it was like, okay, now it's time. So we ended up getting our Terry on license in 2021, um, bought some land, started building houses. Uh, we were building spec cause the market was great. Yeah. Now we're only building for clients. So. Wow. Impressive. So there you have it. Two paramedics that were in the trenches and now scale to being developers in Ontario. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive. So what are, what are you working on right now? Like a single family development for clients or is it, um, like what, what, what's the projects you're working on right now? Yeah. So we just kind of, we're just finishing up some, uh, spec builds and like Paul said, we're just transitioning entirely to customer-based, uh, building on that, uh, side of our business. Uh, so we don't have any clients now. So if you're in Ontario or in London looking for a home builder, hit us up. Um, but the, the other side of our business is also the development and, uh, like we have four, four sites right now that we're working on, just kind of small scale development, um, you know, upwards of like 10, 10 residential units. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just uh, kind of uh, working on both, both sides of the business, the development and the, and the, the home building. And we also have a little hotel. <laughs> we do. That was like a, yeah, that was just like a little side, side project that, that Paula wanted to do. Uh, like we, we turned a lot of our, like long-term rentals into Airbnbs and then the city of London where we are came in and banned basically banned Airbnbs kind of like what they're doing in BC yeah you can only be in your primary residence and like we have four kids who wants to come stay with us yeah. nobody um that would be yeah, I don't even want to stay here <laughs> uh so anyway I I saw this little boutique like in that was for sale during COVID and I, initially when I looked at it I was like how do we convert this into long term but the numbers didn't really work and then it came off the market and I was big into Airbnb then. So I reached out to the owner on Facebook and um, we ended up buying it off market and then turning it into like a hotel, which got into like this whole, there's a TV show about the hotel. Um, the hotel's called Hotel Julie. And there's a TV show, 10 episodes that aired on CTV Life Channel. And then now you can watch it on Crave. It can be streamed and it follows the team that we hired for design um all through the renovation so it is pretty cool and the it's hotel pretty cool. is pretty cool yeah um, it's pretty small it's only nine rooms and right now I manage it and you know I have cleaners and a laundry attendant and um it runs pretty smoothly we have a lot of technology behind it so it's yeah. like all digital self-check-in kind of like Airbnb yeah it's just like Airbnb on, on a yeah scale. turned out well though I mean the city that it's in uh Stratford Ontario just has uh not entirely banned Airbnbs but it has to be principal residents you yeah. know only 100 and 180 days a year. year so we have that like uh hotel zoning right so it's it's very uh very valuable valuable in that sense uh that we have that so um yeah so it's only going to get bigger and yeah. then like the little city that it's in it's actually the city that we worked in um so like jake actually did a call in the building like years ago before yeah, like, long before yeah. we yeah. considered buying it um but there's a festival like the Shakespeare festival that runs every year and it brings in like almost two million visitors to Stratford so it's a go. yeah it's a cool little cool little spot but yeah it's so awesome. yeah that occupies not a ton of my time but a fair amount of my time and then Jake is more focused on the new development and then kind of together we're working on the new homes and then we're also like with our new homes we're building custom um, accessory dwelling units because they're really starting to pick up here in in Ontario so yeah so would that be like a coach home or a laneway home? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which you, in Ontario, you need to be a licensed home builder. Um, it's supposed to be. <laughs> There's probably lots to get built that, that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. In, in uh, 
you see them in like Vancouver and Surrey out west here, the laneway yep. homes and the coach yep. homes. And, and some of those homes are rented top, bottom, and coach homes. So yep. uh, the landlords, they got three doors in one, which is from a, a business operation side of things, makes sense. You got three doors under one roof. So we don't see like the triplexes and the, the quadplexes like you have in Ontario as as much out here. That's kind of what, what our version of it looks like. Um, well, a hotel, I didn't see that one coming. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I didn't see um, it coming either. But yeah, so... <laughs> I'm guessing I know what your normal day looks like now you got the hotel management stuff you don't have to get into the nuts and bolts on it but was that like a commercial financing deal or was that private equity you raised for that uh so we're just refinancing it now uh so there'll probably be a portion of uh like debt and then equity as well because we do have a phase two to the hotel that we're raising equity for and that'll be three more units in a property that's uh adjacent connected. yeah we bought the house yeah. next door it has the same zoning as the hotel but we also just needed to like optimize parking in behind yeah. so yeah. we bought the house next door and then it'll be three more units so yeah we're oh. we're we're in a private right now we did get yeah. a vendor take back uh, mortgage on that so we're going to exit that and then we'll also have equity as yeah well. so it'll be a, a mix of debt and equity as well yeah no no for sure you gotta do what you gotta do and depends when you listen to this episode or not but vendor take backs like they're they're huge right now just with where the rate cycle is. And a lot of people are going after those for those elusive sub 2% rates. Okay. So you got the hotel, you got the nine rooms that you're managing plus the future three, the home you live in. Do you have any other real estate holdings right now? Or is that it? Uh, Yep. We got uh, we a have couple, couple like a, We have, well, we have a single family that we convert, converted to a duplex and then we'll be adding a accessory dwelling unit to the backyard of that one probably in the spring. Um, we have a couple other in the same boat duplexes that we'll add a coach house to. And then we have an, we bought an office building two years ago that we converted into a fourplex. So, and then yeah, is there anything else the, we have? Yeah, we have a, a build in Sarasota, Florida. Oh yeah. And we have a short-term rental in Cape Coral, Cape Florida. Coral, Florida. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do the math. I think we're over what 25 doors. Uh, we've sold. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, okay. maybe you're, well, it's a lot. Like, yeah. like you guys aren't, you aren't slow for sure. And you're, you're crushing it. Uh, so going forward, like, what are you guys keeping an eye on? Where do you see the market going or, or what, what are you keeping an eye out for? Yeah. So November, 2023, we're here, right. Yeah. Um, interest rates are, are up, uh, you know, financing's a little bit tighter. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I still, still looking for deals, uh, basically on the development side of things. Uh, see if we can get those to pencil out. There's lots of things that come up um, with with opportunity here around London, and then uh, yeah, just kind of pushing our our new home construction, trying to get uh, clients onboarded for that. Yeah, and then the accessory dwelling units too. Like that's so like we'll take on. We're gonna build our. We have three of our own that we're gonna do in the spring. Yeah. Um, but then we're also taking on clients for that. So we do have a few clients that are we're kind of working on plans and stuff with now. Yeah. So yeah, as far as market goes, I don't know. Where do you think? I think like. I don't know. I read a lot of like doom stuff on Twitter about the market. Um, I we we've seen a dip here in Ontario. Uh, nothing nothing major, and and you know it was off off the peak too, right? So it's kind of it's like not for the people that bought at the peak, but it, it is a the correction has been, I think, a, a good thing in a way. Um, as far as more corrections, I don't see too too much. I see interest rates coming down twenty twenty four, not down to where we saw them before. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of see, like, it would be nice if prices returned to just like that gradual 2% a year increase, yeah. whatever, just kind of match inflation. None of that crazy, whatever we saw, 20% a month or whatever, Well, that's right? the so, thing too, like, 
at the peak, like houses were increasing in value by like 30%, 20 to 30% a year like that. We know that's not sustainable. And so Mm. like when people talk about, you know, like, oh, the market's down, well, we're down from that peak for sure. But if we eliminated that like crazy, like mess that was like, I feel bad for people who bought at the peak because that's not, not great. Definitely lost equity there. Um, but like, if you eliminate that and just look like we still are on a steady incline, yeah. you know, no, prices people... are still up today compared to, you know, 2018, 2019, like it's, yeah, I think the big concern now here is, is, you know, with interest rates, you know, high sixes, low sevens, depending, um, it's just like qual- qualifying, right. It's qualifying at those, the prices have came down, but they're still high, relatively yeah. high, um, just like for purchasers to qualify for that. And then on the multifamily side of things is just like servicing that debt with a with the higher rates, right? You get you have a lot more equity left in. Yeah, left it's in really the deal. challenging to find like a cash flowing property like on on MLS. So I'm also yeah, really- we've we've given up in BC to find or lower mainland BC to find a cash flowing property. If if clients yeah. are looking for that, it's either like Northern Tip or we're going to go into Calgary, Alberta. Even Calgary's on fire right now, so it's, it's becoming harder and harder. If you're going to buy in a you know a dense area to find that cash flowing property, um, but like like you said, Jake, like people are basing their value today off of what it was last year, and if you, if we just eliminate the last three years of the market, like we're still in that nice gradual incline where it's sustainable, it's a balanced market. Um, you know, we're seeing single digit growth appreciation that it's good for everyone. But yep. yeah, what we saw with like the the twenty percent appreciation and like you literally were missing that you were like. You were like in a house market in one month and then the next month you're bumped down to townhomes. And if you waited another month, you were bumped down to apartments. So that's why it just was crazy, right? Paula, Jake, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. If you don't mind, will you hang around for the Responder Roundup? Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> hey everyone, real quick. The Responder Roundup is brought to you by SGS Mortgages, helping Canadians achieve wealth through real estate. For a no commitment, 15 minute chat, Go to www.chatwithscott.ca to see if we can help you. Okay, question one. What is one book that you've read in the last 12 months that you would recommend? So I'm going to throw up David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. I've I've listened to this book numerous times. Like whenever things are like feeling tougher, challenge, I listen to that book. And I think like first responders can listen to this book and take away quite a, quite a bit from it. And just like anything you can do to increase your mental toughness and strength. I would be, I would have been a much better paramedic now, all the personal development that I've done than I was then, like in terms of like being able to, what I could handle. Yeah. I, I, am not a big reader. Uh, Paul got me to read, uh, the David Goggins book. I'm probably a third of the way through. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that one to you and cop out and, but it is good. (laughs) Have you guys, have you read the second one yet? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm audio booking and I walk every day. So I always 45 minutes of an audio book. It's not a big spoiler, but I mean, if, if you haven't read it, plug your ears, but it was crazy to find out what he did in the, like, the, the tail end there when he was becoming a smoke jumper uh, for wildfires. Like you're this yeah. accomplished athlete. You've done all these crazy things and now you want to be a smoke jumper. Like, I don't I know. know. Even just like, like, I didn't know that he'd worked as a paramedic either. Like I was listening to the book and I texted Jake and I was like, did you know that David Goggins was a paramedic? <laughs> like what hasn't this guy done? Yeah. He's- I will, I will say one more. Uh, not this Paul, this is for Paula's sake. Jesse Itzler's books. Yes. Jesse Itzler's awesome. I, I haven't read his books, but Paula has. So and uh he's a really his, cool guy. One of his books is Living with a Seal, which he never says the seal's name, but it's David Goggins. So it's really good. 
And then he has another one called Living with the Monks. And it's totally different than David Goggins. So like Living with the Seal, he invites David Goggins to come live in his house for 30 days. And the the only rule is he can't say no. So Jesse has to do everything that David Goggins says he has to do. (laughs) And it's insane, the stuff that this guy does. Let's go run 40 miles. teach you that your mind, it's your mind that's stopping you and limiting you from doing these things. Um, and then the other one living with the monks, he goes and lives on a monastery, but he had no clue what he was doing. So it's kind of funny because he ends up at like not your typical monastery. So he like shaves his head and everything, get ready, yeah. gets ready to go. And he gets there and they have hair, and hair. <laughs> normal clothes. Yeah. But anyway, it was good too yeah. for like mindfulness and, and it they're both really good. Yeah, for anyone listening uh that doesn't know Jesse, check Jesse out on, on social media and his books. He's a really inspiring guy, really cool guy. Yeah, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's sold companies to coca-cola he's a pretty inspirational guy what was the last name itzler i-t-z-l-e-r yeah. really cool guy i'll write that down okay if you had sorry go ahead i met him at an event oh, I, I did an event um it was like a mental toughness thing for me yeah. so i was climbing a mountain in utah 13 times to the equivalent of climbing um everest yeah and it was, it's very, very hard. Like it's mentally hard physically. Yeah. It was demanding, but like, I wanted to quit after my sixth, sixth, seventh and eighth. I was like, this is stupid. I I want to quit. It's 34 hours straight. Yeah. of climbing this mountain. So anyway, it was crazy, but I did it. I finished it. Yeah, so good for you. That's crazy. I wouldn't handle the down. I wouldn't want to go down. Well, you don't have to go down. It was a gondola ride down. You oh, only okay. Have to go up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So your break was the 15 minute gondola ride down. Yeah. And then uh, okay. Okay. Back up. I'll have to try that out one day. Um, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's an easy one for me. Pizza. Love pizza. If I eat a meal, I would say like burgers. Okay. Burgers tonight. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big quote guy. I love the motivational quotes. Do you both have a favorite quote? I do. I do, but I'll probably screw it up. So I'll let Paula go first. Mine is, and I thought about this on the mountain numerous times. It's David Goggins. Like I must be his number one fan here. Um, but it's the pain of discipline is far less than the pain of regret. So like when I wanted to quit on the mountain, I just kept thinking like, how long will I regret having quit? As opposed to the amount of time I have left to get through and to finish this. And that like pushed me to keep going. Yeah. The quote I was going to say, I definitely really screwed up. So I'm not going to, not going to say it. And I'll just go with, uh, I just like, you know when things get tough um i always just repeat in my head that that we don't quit and uh that's kind of my my favorite quote now the other one was like something about failure oh i'll have to look it up and i'll send it to you <laughs> yeah dude please uh favorite movie of all time uh back to the future so mine is like an oldie the notebook that's yours no i've actually never seen it a good one i've never seen the notebook I love um swingers okay. it's vince vaughn like yeah, yeah. Maybe way but back I when was, I don't know. I love that movie. I'll uh I'll throw Super Bad out there too. I love Super Bad. Yeah, yeah. Michael J. Like Fox in uh, Back to the Future. He's a hometown boy from from BC. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite city to travel to in your home province? That's uh, uh, we share the same one. It's Stratford, Ontario. So it's about to your hotel. Yeah. yeah, it's like forty minutes from here. Uh, really cool town. Really cool town. Yeah, it's got a. It's the downtown is just vibrant. Like you yeah. walk. Down is your hotel on airbnb or how do people rent there it's on airbnb but we most of our bookings are direct so hoteljulie.com hoteljulie.com there it is folks okay uh last question here one thing that you've purchased for under a thousand dollars that's had a positive impact on your life either professionally or personally books 
Well, that's a good one. Uh, the first one, the first thing that came to my mind is almost just might be a stupid answer, but like uh, wireless headphones. I've heard wireless AirPods before, but it's been an, it's an answer before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for like I listen to stuff at home, but then obviously when you're when you're walking and stuff, it's it's great. So yeah, books, 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 books. Yeah, books I got uh, my bookshelf is quite robust now, and I'm almost thinking about switching over to uh, like a Kindle or something, but. I just like a hardback, like hundred percent too. Like I, there's some books too that I can't. I have to physically read it versus Audible. Yeah, um, just depending on the book. I don't know. Yeah, if you like that, I've yeah. started books on Audible, and I'm like, no, this is like this is a reader. You got to yeah, read yeah. it. Okay, well, where can people find you online? Uh, so we're most active on Instagram, and we're under or at Tartan underscore Developments. Okay, so yeah, I'll, make, I'll make sure we put it in the show notes. So. Uh, thanks again for joining us. It's been uh, a pleasure and look forward to see what you guys do in the future. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to another episode of First Responder to Riches. We hope you found value in this episode and ask that you click the follow button on your preferred podcast platform. And please take a minute to leave a five-star review. Your feedback and positive reviews help us reach more first responders like you who are seeking financial freedom. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe, stay inspired, and keep investing in your future.